Kwaba. Welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast, by size where you receive news, updates, discussion, and everything significant football and Ghana related. As always, I want you, the listeners, to be as involved by tweeting or emailing us for discussion or wanting more information. Hello and good morning, good afternoon, and also good evening to my fellow Ghanaians and also my adopted Ghanaians who enjoy listening to the Team Ghana U podcast. Um, today is not going to be a long, long podcast, but I'm sure you've gathered that by also by looking at the audio. Um, but I wanted to touch upon a few topics which I felt that were really, really, really important. I felt the Women's World Cup, to which, to be fair, I've spoke about it, I think, in the previous two episodes, but I felt it was really important we summarised, obviously, the success of the tournament. Because I think with um, Spain being the actual winners of the 2023 edition, I feel it's probably been the most exciting Women's World Cup in in recent time, if that makes any sense. And um, I think it's important to touch upon the numbers, because I feel with the pace in which the game has moved, I think it's important that we kind of do review it in some way, shape or form. So I've got a couple of stats here, or certainly um, some figures here in regards to the actual viewership of the finals specifically. But it'd be very interesting to understand, obviously, the viewership of the whole tournament in comparison to previous tournaments. And I think that's something that I will actually dig up and maybe place in an article, to which I'm very aware I'm behind on two or three articles. But... I've actually got some really, really good topics for those articles, so I'm really looking forward to publishing those. But for the viewership, let me just read this stat here. The Women's World Cup final between England and Spain on Sunday was watched by a peak audience of 12 million viewers on, the B- on BBC One. Sorry, The final was also viewed by 3.9 million times on BBC iPlayer and the BBC Sport website and app. Overall, an audience of 21.2 million watched the BBC's coverage of the tournament. That is phenomenal. It really is phenomenal, and I'm not too sure what the comparison is in regards to the men's game. And I'm not even going to do that, because I don't really want to draw too much comparison. I think comparisons sometimes are really important, but I don't want to um, sh- um, shine light on one thing, but potentially also cast a shade on another, or cast a shade on the same thing, if that makes any sense. Um, but I think it's been a very, very, very good tournament. I think it's a tournament that I'm going to look back on in terms of watching highlights and looking at some of the, the I don't want to call them flashpoints, but some of the some of the good and great moments of the tournament. You know, I think there's going to be some moments in there which we look back in in a few years' time and that, that would be a highlight moment. You know, just like in the men's game in some respects where something will happen in time and in a few years' time we'll look back thinking, you know what, that was a great moment or that will be a moment in history. And I think there were several of those in this tournament. So I'm quite happy in regards to the success of this tournament and what happens to football in the women's game going forward. And I think that's a really interesting point in regards to um, Ghanaian football and certainly women's football because it's in a place where I guess um, I don't want to say we're stuck in time because I think that would be a little bit disrespectful but we're stuck in time by way of unfortunately we didn't, we didn't qualify for the tournament for the World Cup and I guess with the success of this tournament you know we don't really get to um, catch the momentum and catch the wave of the success of the tournament whether it's financially or whether that's actually highlighting the pros and the cons of our game. And I guess in obviously not qualifying for the tournament, it kind of highlights the cons in some respect. But it doesn't necessarily mean there's got to be a negative for our game going forward. I think ultimately, I think for the players and potentially the coaches and even the Football Federation, I think they can look at the success of the tournament and look at it and think to themselves, you know what, this is how we can capitalise on the game in terms of progress of the game, whether the finance of the game going forward. So I think... Um, I think... I think I think I mean the tournament obviously has been a good thing, but I think if we're I think if we skew the information or skew what's taking place, I think we can look at it from a positive perspective and see what we can do going forward. So I'm quite happy in regards to and I think some new stars have been born. So I was very aware of obviously Lauren James and prior to the tournament. I was very aware of um 
oh my God, Caicedo, I forget her first name, Caicedo for Colombia um, prior to the tournament. But these are people who I only just caught knowledge on, you know, whereas now they're almost like, uh, we're, we're birthing stars in some respect, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's I think that's really, really good for the game. And hopefully more opportunities will come of this for those players and for those countries going forward. Um, whether that's education, um, I'm talking about from an entry level up until huge sponsorship deals, um, huge sponsorship deals, huge moves and things of that nature, huge contracts um, going forward. You know, I think the game's the game has come a long way in recent time, and I think um, I think it's really good. So I'm really happy in that respect. Um, there were a couple of other subjects that I wanted to touch upon as well. Let me sub. In fact, no, sorry, there were two subjects that I wanted. To, no, three subjects. Sorry, I wanted to touch upon before I close for this week. So there is the um, David Beckham. Now, it's not necessarily something Ghanaian related, but I've been watching this for some time in some respect, or maybe it's just like caught my it's caught my attention. And I think some credit needs to be some credit needs to be not put in his name because it's not really a phrase that I use, but I like to congratulate him congratulate him on his foresight. The foresight in regards to taking that deal in when did he, he went to he went to Real Madrid in two thousand and four and I think he left Real Madrid in 2007 or 2008 and went to LA Galaxy in which he then put himself in a situation where he was then going to be able to get a franchise um, for a side in the MLS at some given point, you know, and going to the MLS at his age, because he was relatively young at the time in terms of football terms, because he could have went somewhere else and certainly saw out um, um, most of his most of his footballing days at that point, um, because he still had a good four or five years left um, of his career after he left, to, he left to go to Real Madrid. So after he left Real Madrid, sorry, to go to the MLS. And in hindsight, it's a fantastic move, honestly. Honestly, it's a phenomenal move. I mean, the, the finances itself, I think, are incredible, to be fair, in regards to how much he's gone on to, to benefit or how much he's gone on to profit or the path that he's created for many, many others to follow. Because now you're seeing a lot of other people actually invest in the MLS. And I think that's, I think it's a beautiful thing to see. I think it's a phenomenal thing to see. And it's not only that. I mean, sorry, it, it is that. But it's the pathway in which he now has Messi, um, Jordi Alba, um, Sergi Busquets. And I'm sure there are other players that have gone there away from um, the Barcelona ones that have made his project a huge success. And I think I just wanted to highlight that because the reason why I say that is because I saw a post very recently... I think it was by somebody who was Moroccan and I think he was a basketball owner and he was talking about how the same way the NBA was in its infancy about say 20, I don't want to say in its infancy, but like in some respects to where we are now, in its infancy 20, 25 years ago, he sees African sport or certainly African basketball teams and he said he has a huge interest in buying a side from Africa. He didn't say when or where, um, but he said it's something that definitely interests him. And I feel with the success of David Beckham and what he has done in recent in recent times, or certainly in recent weeks by way of the success of them winning the cup, I think I think it I think it in some respect again sheds light on the potential of African sport. I mean, at this moment in time I think our African stars, the actual players are get a lot of recognition and all you've got to do is look around the Premier League to see the success of of the players and you know and, and some of the wealth that they've 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 accrued or accrued accrued anyway some of the wealth that they've now got and I think 
the next step in some respects will be towards the teams, you know, or towards the managers. You would think players, managers, and then some of the organisations. But I think we're heading in the right direction. I think it excites me in some respect, not only to actually see it unfold, but to see, to gather this new information, this new knowledge. Um, and there's not necessarily a conclusion to what I'm what I'm saying, or there's not necessarily a conclusion or a result to what I'm saying, but there's more so an excitement. But in concluding the podcast this week, I wanted to talk about very quickly the potential transfers of Kudus Mohamed, to which people are talking about West Ham. And I believe, I could be wrong, they might be talking about Liverpool as well. But I know West Ham is the most recent um, club that has been linked with him over the coming days. And someone else who I've seen has been linked, which is of no surprise. And if I'm honest, I'm quite surprised no one has taken up... um, looking for his signature um, sometime prior, certainly after the World Cup in, in Qatar, is Jeremy Doku. And they're talking about him going to Man City. So I think these are fantastic... That would be a fantastic coup, and I'd be really interested to see how that pans out, if I'm honest, the one of Jeremy Doku. I think with Mares, and I think there's someone else who's departed, obviously, from Man City in recent time. And also, I know there's talk of Bernardo Silva, obviously, leaving, leaving Man City as well. I think there, there leaves an opportunity for, for someone to be successful with certainly more playing time. So I think I look forward to seeing, obviously, how that pans out. And in particular, with um, Kudis Mohamed. I think those two in particular... But sorry, Jeremy Docker obviously represents Belgium. But the one of um, uh, of Kudis Mohamed, I think, also because he represents Ghana and plays for Ghana, I think it'll be interesting to see how that pans out and how that obviously benefits the Ghanaian national team going forward. Um, so that's it for this week's episode. Um, and I'd like to thank you for your time. And look out for articles, because I know they're late, but they are coming. They're going to be interesting... Yeah, interesting. Interesting and juicy. That's it for this week's episode. We'll be posting as usual via social media, keeping up with the stories and unfold in the coming weeks. As always, if you've got any questions or queries, email us at teamgarnieu at gmail.com or tweet or DM us at teamgarnieu on IG or Twitter. Thank you. Take care. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.